This podcast is brought to you by Agape Match. Agape Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agapematch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. You know, a lot of things have happened this past month and of course this past year and Uh, You know, I originally was going to make this last episode just me talking, kind of recapping a little bit, but um, that felt a bit awkward. And after a few fail starts, I have called in my husband into the room. Hello. Well, let me introduce you first. (laughs) So, uh, of course, a person who needs no introduction, George, I constantly talk about him in all the episodes and um, I'm so grateful for his love and support. So, yes, okay, go ahead, George. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. It's good to be here. How does it feel to be on this side of the door? It's good. You know, recording and not being outside with uh, the kids, start to get them quiet. That's a very interesting experience. Thank you very much. Yeah, this past month has been really intense. And, you know, I'm definitely going to take time to thank everyone for listening and supporting Ask a Matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, every single week, be it on Instagram stories or even through the podcast. But I really just want to take this moment to just thank you for your support in the sense of like for me personally, um, you know, two weeks I said on Instagram, I just don't have the emotional bandwidth this week to do Ask a Matchmaker. My mom had left the hospital. She was in there due to complications to her diabetes. And Things were not looking really good. Things are still pretty rocky. But then she came into my full-time care. And, you know, to watch a parent struggle, to watch a parent be dependent fully on their own kid, it was, uh, I don't know what the right word is here. It was was emotionally, yeah, it was emotional. Mm -hmm. It was frustrating. There were moments where I was just like really angry at the situation, disappointed, upset. At the same time, like while you're having all of these emotions, you're also trying to find other emotions like hope and trying to be positive. And it's really tough. It is. I know. It's emotionally draining. It's uh, frustrating, angry, anger, a lot of anger the situation but you know we try to do the best of it the best we can sometimes i tell people that you know meeting you has made me better at my job because i can pinpoint the things that are important that sometimes people lose sight of when they're single you know when we're single we feel lonely or we see what the media or even social media tells us like what we should like that we become our own worst enemy and so you know having a great and supportive spouse has made me better at my job to be able to give, you know, a map of how to find something good, right? You don't have to follow my advice, but this is my advice, right? But then also going through this, and I'm, and I'm still very new at this the last two weeks, but going through this, 
it's again, shining light on what is important. And I'm experiencing a lot of different kinds of love while this is happening. Like I'm obviously experiencing, you know, love that a daughter has for a mom, but I'm also seeing like how my dad loves my mom throughout this. Like, you know, he's seeing her in her most vulnerable state. She's completely dependent on both me and him to take care of her. And, you know, when people say stuff like, he needs to be this height so I can feel protected, or he needs to have a full head of hair so I can be attracted to him, or he needs to make, you know, like it's just a lot of criteria that people put as obstacles, just finding the right person when, when the going gets tough, you know, I used to always use the example, like when you're giving birth, (laughs) some things that you thought were important are just not important. You just want your person to be there helping you. But now it's also like, well, when you get older, you want your person to just be there for you, whoever that person is. And I'm seeing it with my parents. It's just a different, it's a different kind of love. Well, anyway, so I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who sent me those just really supportive messages. I I mean, I must've gotten well over 200 messages. They were really incredible. Um, They made me feel so loved. I'm so sorry that I I didn't respond to I think almost any of them, because I just, like I said, I didn't have the emotional bandwidth that week, but I'm saying thank you right now. And, and I really appreciate it. I also want to thank everyone who's been listening to this show this year. Um, You know, we kicked off back in June, which I can't believe, you know, how many months have passed in this pandemic. I feel like time is just very relative. (laughs) And the the first uh, month uh, seems to last forever. And mm -hmm. after that, it went in a snap. It's incredible how time uh, scales can shift so quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like I think back to like our baby shower, like we had a zoom baby shower Mm -hmm. that we did on April 6th. And I remember thinking like, this is so many weeks into the pandemic. It was only three weeks into the pandemic. Yeah. You know, and Alexandra's like seven months old and it's just, it's just weird to me to, so that we have a seven month old who doesn't, who's never seen like anyone outside of our household. All right. So last episode of the year, do you listen to my podcast? Yes. Not as regular anymore because I don't have much time, but I do uh, try to catch up. Do you have any favorite episodes? Yes. I mean, I like all the episodes that I've heard so far. They're all very interesting, all very fun. Mm -hmm. But I think the episode that stands out for me is uh, episode number three with uh, Dr. Romani Mm -hmm. talking about uh, narcissistic personalities. Mm -hmm. And that was an eye-opening because you have no idea how many of the people that surround you every day are actually narcissists mm. until you start seeing the attributes of such a person. And then a lot of their behavior makes sense, not just in the relationship, just like daily interactions. Right. You start, everything starts to make sense. I'm like, ah, okay, that's why this happened or that's why he or he, she did this. So definitely a top episode. I also liked uh, Flora Tamar uh, Edwards episode. Um, how they episode escaped, 13. Episode 13, yeah. How they escaped the cult, um, the children of the God. That was also a very, very interesting uh, episode. I like a lot of this cult culture and studying them and listening about that. So that for me was very eye-opening as well. Because the number of question when you hear about someone being in a cult is are you blind? Didn't you see that you're in a cult? But they and were born into it. They were born born into it, but it just gives you how isolated and how yeah. these leaders isolate you from the environment 
and they make you believe whatever they say. So this was a really good episode as well. And then uh, the last one, I would say, was Charlotte Clymer. Mm. That was a great episode as well. Yeah, I really liked how we talked about dating and politics, mm-hmm. especially when the episode came out. I thought that was, uh, I really I really loved recording that episode with Charlotte. I love recording all of these episodes, but it's always interesting to hear what other people's top episodes are. Yeah, in terms of my own favorites, I don't know. I have a lot of favorites. The most fun to record uh would for me personally as a dating professional it, it definitely revolves around erica Etten, who was last week's episode and the first episode demona hoffman the ladies from girls gotta eat ashley and reina um dr romney like you know having people who are already in the dating industry dr celeste holbrook you know there's just a very different track in how i guess we're communicating about some things and those episodes are a lot of fun to record and i really hope people like them when they listen to them and then uh now that you know now that you're talking a little bit more i think people are hearing your accent and this is all i can think about today but um where's your accent from it's from greece do you know Uh, why i'm asking no well when you say it's from greece like were you raised in greece or yeah i was raised in, in greece and i came in the united states uh, when i was 24 so i i spent most of my early so you were not private there. school educated in massachusetts by parents who have no age with pilgrims <laughs> no but not, now that you mentioned these keywords i think i know who you're referring to <laughs> it's all i can Ale- think about alec to... Baldwin's wife um hillary or laria i don't know how she's going with yeah uh yeah that i just i can't get over how it's so funny because it's so dumb and also you know someone mentioned this the other day or uh, today i think i read it somewhere but like at some point this was going to come out like she comes from boston like it's not like she was from i don't know some tiny village in alabama or you know, from some tiny village in Poland or something where it's like, oh, you can kind of get away with certain fibs and lies. Like, you know, oh, and also like maybe she would have gotten away with it if she didn't marry Alec fucking Baldwin. Yeah. And there were some like Ilaria Baldwin apologizers in my DMs last night. Like some people were saying like, you know, um, I get confused speaking. Like they were saying like, oh, my husband is, someone said like, my husband is Greek. And because we talk Greek all day, sometimes I'll, my words will get twisted. And I'm like, okay, yeah, your husband is Greek. I I get that. My husband's Greek too. I I understand what you're saying. Do you know the word for cucumber when you're on a cooking show in English? A and Mm -hmm. B, your husband is still Alec Baldwin. Like he still speaks English. I I don't know. Okay. So I want to give people things to do this week to be distracted from you know, it's really tough right now. People are not traveling. I know some people are traveling, but people, most people are not traveling. Most people are not celebrating with their families. Do you have a book or a show that you would recommend where people can distract themselves this week that you would recommend? You know, that, yeah. Um, for books, I will definitely recommend. It's not a new book. It's not re- it hasn't been released in 2020. Uh, it was much before that. I just came across this year. Uh, it's called um, My Brain on Fire, My Month of Madness by Susanna Cal- Cal- Callahan. Yeah. Yes, Susanna Callahan. And describes basically a very rare condition that happened to her. And she started going, uh, displaying actually symptoms of being mad. 
and crazy and psychotic without actually being any of these things. Uh, and it outlines her story, how things started. And after a point, she basically relies just on the, her medical records and videotapes from when she was um, in the psychiatric ward in the hospital where they monitor her 24-7 and she's trying to make up her story based on that. And it's a wonderful book that you can actually, if you listen to an audiobook, uh, you can listen to a day. It's very, it's uh, breathtaking. But also at the end of the book basically shows the link between what she displayed during that month of madness with what other women might have displayed in the past. And instead of seeking medical attention, they were deemed uh, possessed, they deemed as witches, and they've been treated in a very, very different way. So it's a very, very interesting book. And what show or movie or documentary do you think, would you recommend this week? So recently I watched uh, Don't Fuck With Cats, a documentary on Netflix, outlining the hunt based on some videos that were posted on Facebook and YouTube uh, of someone who was not mentally stable and people tried to figure out what he was. I'm not going to give out the whole documentary, but it's a very interesting. It's a three-part and it's about an hour each episode. I watched it. I binge watch it, the entire thing. Oh, yeah, me too. You made me watch it last week, and I was, like, mesmerized. I'm not giving away anything. The only thing I'll say is, like, they're trying to find this sociopath, maybe psychopath, and uh, probably psychopath, and they're just relying on these videos, and, like, you know, they were looking up vacuums, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, outlets to see, like, what country this person was from. It was just such an incredible... Uh, ingenuity of internet skills, internet hacking skills. Uh, those those are the people to call. They did a really great job. For me, um, I think uh, in terms of show or movie or documentary that I would recommend uh, is two, actually. Um, the first one I really enjoyed watching was obviously, I'm not going to talk about like the most basic stuff that everyone's been watching, like the Queen's Gambit and all that stuff. I love those shows. Um, but I think I really like the show Dave, which is by the rapper Little Dicky. Um, I thought it was just really lighthearted, fun, interesting. And, you know, it showed, it shows mental illness. It shows narcissism. It shows couples trying to make it opportunities, <laughs> trying, you know, hustling, all that stuff. It's a very, it's a, it's a pretty funny show. It's, it's comedy. It's on FX. That's definitely something I, I really liked. I also really liked, what was that documentary, George, that we watched? Um, it was called Life? No, Plant Life on Earth. Life on Earth, yeah. With uh, uh, David Attenborough. Oh my God, that was just so good. It made me want to be a better person. I feel like some of my behavior has changed since watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the call to action is not until the last like five minutes of the, mm-hmm. of the documentary. Yeah. Um, Basically, David Attenborough is one of the most renowned nature doc, uh, documentarians. So he has a 60 year career doing that. And this documentary shows how he started and what he witnessed when he started and how things are right now. So it shows you very slowly the decline of the planet and it's the call to action at the end and gives you some ideas what you can do and what the countries can do. To change, I mean, the uh, biggest course. takeaway here was educating women. The more we educate women, the more we take a feminist approach to opportunities and education, um, the better the planet will be. That was mm-hmm. my major takeaway, which was something I was not expecting watching a documentary about the planet. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, I found it, you know, that's one of the reasons why Like I used to think I wanted to have three kids and now I'm like, Oh, you know what? After watching this, I'm okay with two. Maybe we can adopt a third <laughs> if the opportunity came up. But like biologically, I think mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I think I'm done. So yeah, I think that was actually for me, that was the highlight of this year was having our second kid. I think that's what was the light in our tunnel. Um, yeah, absolutely. That was a big change in our lives and it came at the right time too. It was a distraction. Yeah, it was a good distraction. And by the time uh, she came, you know, things were getting better in New Jersey. So it was a little easier for us to enjoy her. And actually, that was another good thing. Uh, The only good thing, uh, actually, from the pandemic. When we had the first kid, you know, a lot of people visited. uh, Everyone wants to come and see him. And both Maria and I were, I mean, I was on, on my feet all the time trying to accommodate them and get chairs and, you mean uh, at the hospital? At the hospital, yeah, when they come to visit him. So it was very exhausting. And the same for Maria. You know, we felt that we couldn't have a time f- with our baby until it was actually very late at night when everybody left. And by that time, we were both tired and the baby was even more tired. Now, it was a much better experience. It was just the two of us. And we had the baby with us the whole day. We didn't have to get out of the room, not even for food. So that was a great experience. <laughs> And um, I got to concentrate on trying to feed her. And that was, uh, which was, yeah, it was very different. Now, in terms of like a book I would recommend reading, you know, like you, I'm going to go back to a book that uh, came out a few years ago. And that is Jennifer Wright's book, Get Well Soon. Um, I reread it again earlier this year. It's such a great book. It talks about like the third, I think it's the 13 worst plagues that, uh, you know, shaped world history. And I think the same, you know, now that we have, that we're living through a global pandemic, it did put some things into context, I guess a little bit more, I suppose, but some things remain the same. And and what that is the same is because we weren't alive, you know, you and I, when polio was happening or smallpox or measles, black death, we really, what is the word? We, it's not underestimate, but it's, we really take for granted, mm-hmm. you know, how far public health has come and the science, scientific breakthroughs to that have helped humanity. And I think you see it now, now that, you know, people that are very anti-vaccine, not before the pandemic, I'm talking about people that were against, mm-hmm. you know, the measles vaccine or the polio vaccine or MMR or whatever, it's like, this is a luxury that you can live in. You know, I don't know. It's very... Yeah, I mean, yeah. people before the 20th century, uh, the 19th century probably, they get diseases like the Black Death or smallpox, and they couldn't even figure out where it comes from. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even see that it's actually transmitted from person to person. They thought that the air is contaminated. They thought that the water is contaminated with... Uh, and they had no idea. They were just uh, pray and uh, do weird things to get over it. And those diseases, they literally annihilated entire countries. Right. If this book was written now, this pandemic would not even make it to the top 20. No, it wouldn't. Absolutely not. But it's just interesting to see like some of the behaviors that Jennifer Wright talks about in her book. 
mm-hmm. you just see it happening again. It's like it's yeah. like even the movie Contagion, which came out like what 15 years ago with Matt Damon mm-hmm. and Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, like the same bad actors. I don't mean like as characters, I'm talking about like bad actors in life. They exist in real life too. And it's 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 just so interesting to see that. So I, I really appreciate that book a lot this year. So yeah, I think I think if you're looking for a distraction, I think you and I both have a pretty pretty good mm-hmm. recommendations. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can fill up the week. Yeah, definitely could at least a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you inspired a lot of this podcast. You, I, I know it used to be Ask Matchmaker Live on Zoom, and then I was giving birth to Alexander, and you're like, maybe you should turn this into a podcast that you're not. You don't have to be live with an infant every week, which mm-hmm. is a good idea. What do you think the most popular questions I get are? This year, it should definitely be uh, how to date in a pandemic and during lockdowns. And do you have any answers for that? I'm not an expert, but, you know, try your best as with everything else. You know, try to meet people, have a couple of Zoom calls or Skype calls or whatever uh, mm-hmm. video chat app you're using. And uh, if things click, you, you can go to a socially distanced date. And mm-hmm. that's actually maybe even more interesting because it has a little bit more mystery in it. And if things carry on, good. Otherwise, you can just cut off. And that's actually one of the benefits of doing this through Zoom or any other video chat app that, you know, you can easily cut off. If you're stuck in a bad date, you know, there's nothing that can rescue you from it. Yeah. Um, how about in terms of um, what what have you learned from my TikTok this year? I know you follow my TikTok. You, yes. don't, you don't even go into my Instagram, right? No, Instagram, I, I don't go to Instagram at all anymore i started when instagram was like a place that you could post nice pictures so i would follow some photographers uh-huh. nice scenery nice portrait pictures and after that i don't know somewhere flipped the switch and instagram became this like really overloaded <laughs> social network that i couldn't start i had facebook and i'm good enough with that <laughs> tiktok is different that's why i like tiktok it has more snapshots very creative people and that's where i see your tiktoks and what I've learned is, uh, you know, for online dating, mm-hmm. first picture in the profile has to be a picture of your face. Mm-hmm. No sunglasses, no hats. Second should be probably a full body shot. <laughs> uh, you know, um, don't use pictures with other people in unless if it's a really, really flattering picture of you and there's mm-hmm. no other picture you can use and maybe maximum one of those. You have uh, pets, you can allow, you're allowed one picture of the pets. Uh, what else? Oh, and also pay a lot of attention, not just to the pictures, but also to the text that you're putting into your profile. Hey, you like really Get the, Yeah, the what's called clickbait. High five. Date bait. What's called? Message bait. Message bait, Date yeah. Bait. <laughs> Date bait, the new rape drug. <laughs> Date bait. Um, that's really good. You, uh, mm-hmm. you did a good job. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's great. I'm... I'm really proud of you. Yeah, I know you don't go on my feature. Instagram at all, but I know you're on my TikTok. TikTok's the best. Yeah. I'm really upset that I didn't. You know, you've been telling about TikTok for like two years. Yeah, I had a. I used TikTok for two years. I had didn't have an account. Uh, I just opened it once so I can comment on people. Uh, but um, it was very fun and very creative. I really like TikTok. And TikTok has a bit of like a dating thing to it too i've noticed oh like there are people there who um set up like thirst traps like you know it's kind of like a, here's my intro video video oh, stream yeah, yeah. and then from there you know they'll connect to the instagram where you can go and just slide into their dms mm. 
So there's definitely like a dating element to TikTok. And if you follow like your region, like I follow Jersey TikTok and New York City TikTok as well. And yeah, there's just, yeah, it's, it's very, uh, hmm. well, you know, I just wanted to uh, say thank you so much for being really supportive this year. I really appreciate you, George. Um, I don't know, like, I didn't realize how well I married until, like, I've always known I did really good. But this year, um, for me, kind of like solidified my choice in with you because I really like you. Yeah, that's likewise, <laughs> of course. I like like we really get along and I appreciate that. Yeah, I think uh, this pandemic gave a lot of couples uh, good news and many couples bad news. Yeah. Having to live with someone 24-7, it's a big difference. Yeah, and I've, I've said this before, like I think a lot of couples... You know, somebody, we did ask a matchmaker last week. I mean, excuse me. We did a Secret Santa ask a matchmaker last week. So, you know, some of my listeners, they enrolled in Secret Santa and we had a Zoom party for it. And one of the women, I said, you know, does anyone have dating questions? One of the women asked, you know, is it okay if I don't want to see my boyfriend after spending two days with him? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's actually really normal. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be more introverted, so you might need to recharge. It's okay to be alone. But we also have to remind ourselves that Pandemic life is not real life. You know, when you start, if you start dating someone before the pandemic, you're used to seeing them, you know, you're used to waking up with them and then they depart their house maybe at 8 a.m. And then they come home, let's say around 7 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., whatever. You have dinner, you go to sleep. Like most of those eight hours that you're together, you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or not eight hours, like 16 hours you're together. Half of that is sleeping. And then on the weekends, you're together. And then there's breaks in life where you don't see your partner for many hours in the day. And your life is also not as monotonous as it's now because a lot of things have slowed down. And uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, you're doomed to fail. It doesn't mean that you're a bad couple. It just means that, you know, you have to, it, it takes a little bit more effort when you have to see each other a lot more during a pandemic if you live with each other. Yeah. And that's okay. I think you and I, we had to like, I remember like in the beginning, we kind of like burned out after like three weeks. Yeah, the beginning was very stressful and very hard. Yeah. Partly because we didn't know what's God, you were taking your temperature every hour. I was like, what's wrong with this person? That's not an exaggeration. You were literally taking your temperature every hour. Every hour, maybe every two hours. George. And uh, we had to put some ground rules of like kind of three weeks down the line of how this is going to work, but it worked out. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm very fine. proud of us. I'm very happy with you and me mm-hmm. and our kids. Yeah. So as I said before, listeners, ask a matchmaker fans, a copy matchsticks. Uh, I just want to say, I'm so grateful and thankful for your support this year, be it the podcast, be it Instagram, be it, you know, when my mom got sick, she's still sick. And of course, you know, telling all of your friends and family who listen to me, I just really appreciate that. I think that's really great. And um, I enjoy being of service. And I thank you for the opportunity. In 2021, if you would like to change some things, I do want to say that we still have spots available for group coaching intensive. Um, There are two groups in January. One group meets January 8, 9, and 10, and another group meets January 13, 14, and 15. And you can join that group by visiting, you know, either the link in my bio on Instagram or, you know, the link in the episode notes. 
you'll learn about compatibility, you'll learn about chemistry, and you'll learn, you know, my method that I use to help reverse engineer your search for the person. So, you know, check that out. Um, You can always, of course, join my database and be a part of, you know, my copy match Rolodex. This way we can keep you in mind, you know, should we have a client that is a match for you? You can also hire us as your matchmaking service and be a client. And, you know, hopefully in 2021, we can help you meet those goals of getting into a relationship. This year, we had approximately 60 people that I know of, that I'm aware of, of clients get into relationships with, I feel like the one, I hope it's the one. So, you know, I generally hope, you know, and of course, there's so many women who have messaged me this year telling me to get into relationships by following the stories. Um, although I will say, do you know more people break up because of me than get into relationships? Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> I think every Wednesday, uh, I'm just convincing people to break up with people. <laughs> well, anyway, um, George, again, thank you for letting me just use you as a soundboard. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime you need the soundboard, I'll be available. Well, I'm going to bring you in again in a few weeks so we can talk about us. Okay. Talk about our story. Talk about you a little bit more. Um, And again, thank you for coming to Ask a Matchmaker. And thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. If you want to work with me or my team, just check out the link in the episode notes and it'll show you all the different ways that we can work together. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria for more dating and relationship tips. Until then, be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.